I'm Matt Dixon, and welcome to the Purple Patch Podcast. The mission of Purple Patch is to empower and educate every human being to reach their athletic potential. Through the lens of athletic potential, you reach your human potential. The purpose of this podcast is to help time-starved people everywhere integrate sport into life. And welcome to the Purple Patch Podcast. As ever, your host, Matt Dixon. In 2021... Same old shit. You might feel like that. Instead of turning over a new leaf and putting the chaos of 2020 behind us, the start of the new year has been more like horrible business as usual, all over, once again. But I'm here to tell you, it is time to get cracking. Your race ready begins right now. This isn't 2020. And your mission for the year ahead can fall under the banner of my best year of performance ever. In fact, our collective calling is just that, the best performance year ever. But it begins now, right now, amidst the lingering stress and chaos. And today, I'm going to guide you. I'm going to guide you on the mindset and the practical pathway to get going no matter your performance pursuit. But before we dive into the meat and potatoes today, I want to do a little squatty update. And we've got some key information for you. So the squatty update, well, it's all from Team Purple Patch. First, what I want to do is cast our lens ahead a little bit to the coming two episodes of the Purple Patch podcast, because they are going to be very, very special indeed. You might have read the book Endure by the well-known author and master of all things performance, Alex Hutchinson. You might have also even read one of Alex's wonderful articles and columns all around human performance in Outside Magazine. He is, by all accounts, a central resource for all things performance. And over the next two weeks, we feature a major discussion between Alex and myself on just that, performance. Yes, all things performance. Seriously. We do a little speed dating, a discussion around so many elements of performance, including training, nutrition, recovery, and strength. Yes, the purple patch pillars. And we even dive into some mindset as well. And I promise you, it's powerful. It's pretty long. So what we've done is we've broken it into two discussions of about 40 minutes. And I think you're going to love it because it's cracking. You will not want to miss it. But what does that have to do with this week's squatty update? Well, Alex is a really nice guy, and I am really persuasive. And so Alex has agreed, after the podcast, to come on to a live Q&A session. And it's a discussion for members of the Purple Patch Performance Academy and all Purple Patch athletes. An intimate discussion for a chance for you to have direct access and ask Alex any question you would like about performance. And I bet he's going to know the answer. At least he's going to provide some pretty interesting perspective. Now, this is only accessible to Purple Patch athletes and the subscribers to our Performance Academy. And we plan to run this session in pretty early February. And so this is a time to join Performance Academy if you're self-coached or you already have a great coaching relationship. We wouldn't want to disrupt that. Or, of course, it's a wonderful time to become a Purple Patch athlete. 
This is just one great example of the access that you get well beyond little old me rabbiting on and building training programs. So keep your eyes out for that. It's a goodie. Details on both at purplepatchfitness.com. Second, we do have a little promotion for new squad athletes beyond the great Alex Hutchison Q&A. We're also, for new athletes this month, creating a special roundtable with our team of Purple Patch coaches. So you're not only going to get to join Purple Patch Squad or one-to-one coaching and have a wonderful coaching consult to welcome you to Purple Patch and make sure it's a soft landing, but you're also going to gain access to a newcomers-only roundtable with our coaching team. Questions on your season planning, racing plans, optimizing the program for you, etc. It's for squad athletes and it's only for newbies. So this is going to be a pretty intimate group and all of the Purple Patch coaches are going to be there. So once again, purplepatchfitness.com, head there and we'll take care of the rest. And finally, I wanted to add one more in this week because it is a response to the requests that you have been asking. If you're planning to sign up for an event this year and events will happen, and you have a group of other friends, or perhaps you're a part of a training group or a triathlon club. It doesn't matter whether it's 10 or 50 or 500 people. If you would like to utilize the squad program and the emerging live and video on demand coaching program that supercharges it, and you would like to use that as the backbone of your training, education, and community, yes, we will meet you halfway there. And so with your group, We'd be honored to create a custom and personalized support program that aligns with the training, but also can provide some custom coaching consulting to your group or buddies. And of course, we're going to throw in some other white glove experiences as well, so that you as a group get to leverage our methodology, our training, our education, our community, but also don't lose that sense of community and fun group direction. And of course, not having to individually go out and purchase very expensive one-to-one coaching. So it's pretty compelling. We all win in that. So if you'd like information on that as we roll into 2021 or the squad program intimate Q&A or anything that I've mentioned here, it's pretty simple. Reach out, email us directly, and we'll provide more information. Info at purplepatchfitness.com. Let them know that you heard about these offers on the podcast and we'll get down to brass tacks. Of course, you can always see anything around our programming at purplepatchfitness.com, and you can seek all the information on that Performance Academy and squad sessions. But for now, it's time to start to edge towards the meat and potatoes. You hear that train coming? It ain't a train. It's Big Barry. Hello, Bazza. Give it a whirl, mate. Ukulele time. It is, ladies and gentlemen, the word of the week. We like the way he thinks, serious with the wings. Let's open the book, it's time to take a peek. It's the Dictionary Word of the Week. Yes, the word of the week, consistency. Oh, the worn out performance word that will forever refuse to dissolve its relevance. Consistency. It is the heartbeat of your success in whatever your performance quest is. Achieving consistency means that you have maintained commitment and motivation. You've avoided major injury. You have managed stress 
and you've integrated training into the fabric of your overall life. In fact, you've almost certainly embedded positive habits to support your training load and been able to retain productive elements such as sleep and opportunities to mentally refresh. And you've carried enough patience to develop your performance over the course of time. And by achieving consistency, you will have set yourself up for improved performance, almost guaranteed. You have primed the pathway to success and you will have done so because you have been pragmatic and smart. Wow. Now you see why all coaches desire consistency in their athletes. World-class, committed age groupers, those just getting going, or pure fitness enthusiasts, consistency isn't just the word of the week. It is the absolute driver of your success. So what can I tell you about consistency? Well, I can remind you that your success is not built in an instant. It isn't about heroics or giving up stuff cold turkey. And it isn't anchored around any single event. It's about putting a tiny, tiny, small step forward in the direction you want to go. And then repeating that process. Another step. Seemingly minor. But with purpose and direction. It's almost like saving a penny in a jar daily. The difference is really tough to see on that day that you pop the penny in. But over the course of time, you notice the gains. And so I want you to keep that in mind. We begin these weeks with tiny, mini victories. Not facelifts, not stripping your approach to the studs and rebuilding from the ground up, but finding little, mini victories in habits and approach. That then you begin to layer daily, every day, daily. And over time, a long time, you build the word of the week, consistency, the springboard of your excellence. Be bold in your perspective. Be brave in your patience. Have courage to create consistency. And that is why it is the word of the week. And now I say with vigor, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the meat and potatoes. Yes, the meat and potatoes, it is time to get cracking. Race ready starts now. Now, I'm going to give you a lot of granular information. I'm going to chart a roadmap with the key artery workouts, you'll find out what they mean, in today's show. So you can get a pad of paper out, you can get your pencil, you can sharpen it, and you can eagerly take notes. But here's the thing, I'm going to do you a favor. You don't need to take notes. Because as a giveaway after this show, we wanted to be nice. We wanted to map out exactly what the sessions are that we're talking about. And we want to give them to you. And so you can head over to purplepatchfitness.com forward slash artery sessions. And at that URL, it's going to be in the show notes as well. You can simply download 
all of the information that we talk about today. And so we've effectively transcribed it and enabling you to actually use it into your training. In fact, you might even be working with another coach and these might be ideas of inspirations for you to have really good markers on your journey, whether you're a biker, a runner, a triathlete, a pure swimmer, it all works for you. And so with that little note, let's get going on the meat and potatoes because I know that right now at time of recording, we are in the midst of it all. And racing feels like a long way off. But I promise you, it is time to begin the build. I don't want you to let this opportunity bypass you. And whatever your relationship with racing looks like, I'm hearing from a lot of athletes who simply cannot wait to get to the starting line. Just give me a race. Well, it is coming. But your journey needs to begin right now. Right now, you cannot delay. So I want to first discuss, as we think about this, the EBTBs. You know what the EBTBs are? Eyes bigger than belly. There's a common temptation to commit to big goals, especially on the heels of periods of great difficulty or chaos or challenge, injury, life change, hmm, a pandemic. Well, this year, I actually invite you to do just that, a big, hairy, audacious goal. And in previous episodes, we've talked about that. This year is the year. It's the year to commit to something of great challenge, a lofty goal, an aspirational event. Now, it must fit within the context of your life and schedule. And I would certainly invite you to coordinate, collaborate, and bring along the key constituents in your life, your partners and friends, etc. But generally, within context, it's a great year to go big. Now, I realize that not all of the listeners are really into racing and perhaps looking for an alternative. And so for you guys, I encourage you to find a goal. And it should be a big enough goal to make your palms sweat. Faster or farther or a soul-filling adventure that will crush you if you're not prepared. And so take a big bite and go for it. Because sometimes we've just got to jump off a cliff and flap our arms to see if we can fly. But if you're inspired to go big, I also realize that a whole bunch of folks listening are feeling a little bit lost right now, particularly at this start of the year that we're having, because we are, as mentioned, in the midst. So let's leave it at that. We're in the midst. But I realize it's natural for you to think about, particularly seasoned athletes, some of those supporting races or local races that are typically utilized as the ticket to be at your peak of race readiness by summer or fall. But your roadmap is already challenged because we're here and it's a highly unpredictable racing schedule. In fact, if you want my feeling of probably how the year is going to go, in general terms, Q1, it's going to be shaky. I would imagine that there will be limited, if any, events at all. And yes, I know you dirty Australians and Kiwis, you're all fine down there and enjoying your racing. Don't rub it in. But for the rest of us, Pretty much no racing. Q1, boom, off the roadmap. Q2, it's going to be sporadic. It will be emerging and we'll have a sprinkling of events. 
but it will be sporadic. So there's still question there. And then Q3 and Q4, full steam ahead, ladies and gentlemen. That is the time that we are going to achieve our big, hairy, audacious goal. And so while typically you might view what we often label B races and smaller events as perhaps non-negotiable to start this year, and they do act typically as really valuable test runs for you, you might not get a chance to do those. So while we wait for races to reopen, there is a whole bunch of work that you can do to begin to get race ready now. And it is really important. No, let me strike that. It's critical. And it can also be rewarding and fun. And so what I'm saying is let's go from the sexy type of the work that is coming up, the tough stuff, to, well, it's time to embrace the suck. It's time to really get cracking here. And so I am going to acknowledge as we talk about the call to action to get going and we dive into the weeds of how to do it, I am going to acknowledge that the what we call postseason or prep phase of training isn't usually the favorite of most of you guys, the athletes. Many of you guys refer to this block as preseason training. Understand that. So preseason it will be for today's show. And successful preseason training, or I can't help prep work as I like to call it, requires a tremendous amount of patience and discipline. And yet it is the platform for performance. And yet while you're doing all of the sessions that are required in here, you're probably never going to have any desire to post the workout on your social media. This isn't the place that you're going to be breaking barriers or being heroic or summiting with great vigor at the fastest times ever. But it's so critical, this block of work, that you cannot, I would say, be truly race ready to your potential without it. Let me repeat that. You cannot be race ready to the level of your athletic potential without these coming months of training. The problem with this kind of preparation is that the real rewards that come from it can only be seen in the rearview mirror. So you can't make up deficits in this early work, what you often call preseason work, later in the season. And the reason for that is you're already neck deep in other goals. And so you got to do it. It ain't that sexy. You don't get immediate rewards, but you can't reach your potential without it. Goodness me. You don't believe me? Let me give you a very real couple of very many case studies for you. Oh, the first one, I'm going to get bullied for this one, folks. Ben. Ben, who is a good mate of mine, loves triathlon. And every season, he has competed with very lofty goals. But Ben... God bless him, has always approached the sport in exactly the same way. Over the course of the winter months, he stayed generally fit with a mix of group exercise, gym work, a lot of skiing, and a little sprinkling of some running and even riding over the winter break. And then 16 to 20 weeks out, so still a good roadmap of that big event that he's entered, the same every year, boom, clean it out. The X is in the calendar 
and Ben trains wholeheartedly. And he trains really hard. He makes commitment. He builds his life around it. And in many ways, over the course of those, let's call it 16 weeks, he really doesn't put a foot wrong. And every year he's arrived at the key race, seriously fit and highly confident. Now, Ben's consistency is in his underwhelming performance annually. Every year he falls to pieces for one reason or another. Now, Ben is a good mate of mine. He's also stubborn. And guess what? He's about to make the same mistake again in 2021. He's signed up to an Ironman and he plans to do the same. The difference this year, he tells me, is he's going to train even harder. All the way in the run-up, those 16 weeks, I'm going for it. And in his words, Matt, I am going to leave no stone unturned. Ben, you can turn over all the stones you want, mate. You're in the wrong field. Now, Sally, on the other hand, is one of my athletes that I actually get to coach. And she is, in honesty, kind of used to like Ben in her approach. Although I will say with much less of the stubbornness. The reason that she used to approach the sport like Ben did is because she would say, I just don't want to get burnt out. She would be highly committed. She would charge in for 16 to 20 weeks. It would dominate life. And she had many of the same frustrations. But a couple of years ago, Sally reached out to me for guidance. Now, she did that, I will say, with a little hesitation. Because remember that burnout was a real fear for her. And so I quickly explained that most burnout comes when an athlete tries to cram too much training into an already time-starved life. And so it's not, here's the magic word, sustainable. And if you're doing something in an unsustainable manner over time, that's going to leave fatigue, physical fatigue and mental fatigue, and therefore a loss of motivation or what we might associate with that horrible word, burnout. And so I explained to Sally, if we play the long game, the patient one, and we make things more integrated, there's the magic word, more sustainable, and then she might actually enjoy it more, and she might even reap performance gains. And so what Sally did last year, or 2019, I should say, is that she executed a full post-season, again, what you guys call pre-season. Patient, deliberate, incremental accumulation of work over many, many months. She ramped fitness and global performance gains. She went into a sharpening block to build her maximal steady state. And then she prepped for race performance with a very simple block of focused race-specific training. Now, she accumulated less weekly hours on average than her old 16 to 20 block into an Ironman race. But she began months and months in advance. And it was that training that fit into the schedule of her life and in her ability to therefore absorb the training and adapt in a positive way. It never felt too much, even when there was the appropriate accumulation of fatigue that comes with training. Yes, you should get tired when you train. But she arrived to races eager, passionate, 
and whoa, but tired. I wasn't not sure you're supposed to do this. Having fun. So Sally, like Ben, also has a big 2021 planned. She is looking far ahead into October as she's getting ready for the Hawaii Ironman World Championships. Yes, a race that she never thought she would qualify for. Now, if we review 2019 and we look at Sally's great qualification race at the end of that year, and we just took the last 10 weeks of training, she executed about 130 hours of training over the course of that 10 weeks. Well, now that is less than she'd done in years prior when she just took the Ben approach. If we look at Ben's training that year as he ramped in, he hit 220 hours in those 10 weeks. 130 hours for Sally, 220 in the last 10 weeks for Ben. Goodness me. But now, if we look at Ben's total year of specific training, well, it's not much over that 220, is it? In fact, it's just over 300 because we had those extra six weeks of ramping. And so there it is for Ben. But Sally's was somewhere between 470 and 500 hours. We don't have all of the training data, but almost double the accumulation of hours spread over a longer time. Are you starting to get the picture? Consistency counts. Training accumulates. Specificity counts. That doesn't mean precision. There's plenty of little room for a little random and a little fun in the year. But that is what I'm talking about consistency and beginning now. Your race readiness needs to begin now. And you want to put the best foot forward and you want to get cracking. But the question is, how? How do you do it? Well, rather than us staying up here at the philosophical level, today we're going to get into the weeds and we're going to go all the way to the workout level. So I want to talk about workouts and I want to give you the backbone of what we're doing over the course of Q1 at Purple Patch because you might find it interesting and also useful and I hope that you can apply it to your training. So let's first frame, as you go on this journey together with me, let's frame workouts. I want you to realize that all workouts are not created equal. If they're created equal and then your training weeks just look like chicken casserole, there might be great ingredients in there, but it's all mixed up. Now, coaches use different terminology to communicate how they prioritize workouts, but at Purple Patch, we always talk about key sessions and supporting sessions. So your key workouts in any given week are the performance drivers, those that are unmissable anchor sessions that the training week is set in. And as you're drawing towards races, these are kind of dress rehearsal sessions, key interval workouts. And at this time of the year, they might be technical workouts or ones that are just building elements of your physiology appropriate to this phase of training. So tissue resilience in running and aspects like that. The other type of workout that I mentioned is supporting. And these sessions are kind of the integrity retainers. So the way to view these is almost like the protective packaging that comes in an Amazon delivery. These support 
the key sessions. They're important still, but the appropriate amount or number or duration or intensity of these supporting workouts really depends on your life schedule and the accumulation of your stress and fatigue. The role of a supporting workout is to either help you prep for good performance in a key session, to help you recover from a previously executed key session, allow a focus on technical development, or finally, it could have the role of a very general tissue or cardiovascular conditioning element. And so these are generally less demanding, less specific in some ways, but still really important in the big picture. Now, obviously, time-starved athletes, you can see pretty quickly how you start to have a lever to prioritize sessions because you're always going to focus on the key sessions. And then you're going to build around those with your supporting workouts. And this is a big reason why I generally don't obsess on the total accumulation of training hours for an athlete. Because the purpose and the integrity of a training week is anchored more around the key sessions. And so when life or fatigue ramps up, we might need to reduce intensity or the number or duration of supporting workouts. You bring them down so that you can navigate fatigue and life situations and stress. But when life ebbs a little bit, you have a little bit more freedom and time, or your energy is bursting, we might decide to add a little intensity or add some number of sessions. You might do a little bit more because it's appropriate to do so. And that's the lever that we use. Yes, we call it a dynamic mindset of training. And it is a wonderful gateway of consistency. But you must break the mold of looking at the accumulation of training hours as the barometer of your success because it ain't the barometer of your success. Super. But to this simple recipe, to that I add artery sessions. Do, do, do. Yes, artery sessions. Artery sessions are designed to help you put a finger on the pulse of your performance and also provide a sense of continuity as your training progresses. Like an artery that goes all the way through the year, these workouts are going to retain a really familiar feel, but they're going to evolve throughout the season. Now, this is essential when we talk about these today. I don't want you to think about these sessions as benchmark tests. Instead, we're looking for a real read on physiological progress. We're not trying to redline to improve your time, which will only fill you into thinking that your threshold is higher than it really is, so that then ultimately you just crack on race day. Even if your immediate racing plans are a little murky right now, this is a wonderful time right now, this year, to lean into what we call artery sessions because they run like an artery throughout your season and they give the opportunity to track and monitor progress, but also track the effectiveness of the training that you're doing. Now, 
artery sessions require that you balance any training data that you have with your inner animal. Yes, feel and training by feel. So we are breaking that concept of paralysis of analysis and instead seeking to develop an inner sense of pacing, the inner animal. And so you're going to, as you do these over the course of time, start to develop sensitivity between the fine line of what a 70% effort and an 80% effort really feels like. And you're also going to get an awareness and develop your athletic IQ when you can actually have an objective lens when some training days, inevitably, you just carry fatigue in and the power doesn't come as easy. But when you have those days, you'll be able to navigate them with a toolkit of readiness and understanding of your body. And so these artery workouts are really tools of empowerment as well. Now, second to this, artery workouts are really important checkpoints to help you with the nice word that I have talked about frequently, perspective. They get you out of your weeks and force you to come up to the 3,000 foot view and take some time to reflect on your training. Now, here's a quick tip. If you're seeking signs of that slow burn of progression, not the fireworks, because these artery workouts are not pass-fail, but you're actually looking for signs over the course of many, many artery workouts that you are simmering your fitness towards race readiness. And so what we should do today is take a look at what we're trying to achieve in artery sessions for the three disciplines that make up triathlon swim, bike, and run. Now, if you're listening and you think, well, I'm not a triathlete, I'm a runner. Great, it's okay. Ignore the swim and bike, focus only on the run. And if you say, I would never just run, I am a lord of bicycle racing. Great, just focus on the cycling sessions. The key is that the progressive work offers some payoff. And whether you are doing three sports or one, these sessions apply to all endurance athletes. Rowers, you better start getting creative. Okay, here we go. Let's go through each of them very quickly. The swim. What does the artery swim look like? Well, it will reveal the progression of both your cardiovascular and your muscular fitness. But as I mentioned before, it's also going to test your ability to meet out pace and effort. These workouts are specifically designed to help you hone your ability to consciously, what I call, change gears. And to be successful in these workouts, you are going to need to incrementally build fitness week over week and also make full use of the pre-season swims that help you improve your mastery of technique. And so success comes by improving technically and incrementally and cautiously improving your cardiovascular and muscular fitness. Wonderful, the training process, yeah? What we do is we build the artery swims around a concept of 20. 
20 intervals. And this whole first quarter that we're giving away of these, the first quarter of training, we hit an artery session every three weeks. That gives time for fitness creeps within each little three-week cycle of training. And it allows us, as that fitness gains or starts to creep up, to add a little distance to each interval that we hit an artery session. And these are designed with a very specific purpose in mind because we ask you to build effort, and here's the key, and speed within each five intervals. So let's use the third artery workout in the program to discuss, and that's 20 intervals of 100 meters or yards. So 20 times 100 for you swimmers. The first five of those intervals you're asked to execute at a 70% effort, or what feels like about a seven out of 10. And what you do is you measure, okay, what's my heart rate of that if you happen to be wearing a heart rate monitor, but most importantly, how long does it take to execute each 100 yard interval or 100 meter interval if you're like the most of the world? And you make a checkpoint, a mental note. Okay, the first five, I swam them at a 135 pace. The next five, you ramp up effort. You do it at an eight out of 10, still sustainable, but a very strong effort. And you look at the associated heart rate and pace. The next five, you move to very strong, 90%, almost maximum, very strong effort, still with one more gear to add in the gearbox. And then the final five, well, hey, presto, no holding back. You do them at the very best effort you can sustain. Sounds pretty simple, right? Well, guess what? Most adult onset swimmers really struggle to nail these. And they struggle due to pacing issues, muscular resilience and fitness, or the lack of ability to change speed while they're increasing effort. You might experience this. I went harder and harder and I hardly changed speed at all. Or, woe betide, sometimes I even went slower. Well, the only way to improve, the only way to improve the execution is focus on the technical elements at this time of the year. Number two, develop swim-specific fitness. And finally, develop and practice the art of pacing and aligning effort with speed, not just flailing around. So every three weeks from 20 times 50 to 20 times 75 to 20 times 100 and beyond, we hit an artery session. We pause, we reflect. We don't say, oh, am I failing or am I passing? But we start to string along some perspective and direction in your training. Now, once you complete this run of Q1 arteries, then we build a refined emphasis of training and we do the next block of artery workouts that are associated with the focus of that next block of work. But that's a conversation for another day. Now, I lay all this out there, and I realize there are many people right now saying, super, excited to give it a crack, my pool is closed. And so I realize that pool access right now is really, really tough for many people. So a few things on that. Number one, you can hold on to this concept. And when you do get pool access, this is what you would start with. No matter where you're at in the season, 
you would do this element of swimming and these artery workouts. It's going to be the best tool for you. And then ramp it with the rest of the season and next season in mind. This is a journey, not just a station that you get on and a station that you get off. And so whenever your pool access comes back, now you've got it ready on deck. Secondly, if you don't have pool access, supplement with swim cords right now. Really, really valuable. And in fact, it is why we have video-based swim band workouts at Purple Patch. Important. And finally, if you've got really limited pool access, only once or twice, maybe three times a week for 30 to 40 minute swims, swim, high value still. Hit it up, reduce the warm up, reduce the pre-main set, but get the meat and potatoes in or as much as it as you can. It does more for you than you think, knowing that logistics are hard. Super, those are the swim workouts. So what about the bike? Well, let's talk about the bike. On the bike, over the course of this quarter, we tackle what I would call the special source of purple patch riding training. Strength, endurance, low cadence work. Now, I would urge to you that you're only going to likely see the big gains here if your regular bike training includes some low cadence riding intervals. The focus of the artery session is a progression not at a maximal steady state. It is not at a best effort. It's none of the intervals like that. This is not an FTP assessment. Instead, what we're seeking is a noticeable ability to execute sub-maximal effort with really good form and posture, good muscular resilience, and a stable perceived effort. Now, this approach flies in the face of the seemingly global approach on getting cadence as high as possible at whatever power you're at. It's a very different experience and I promise you a very different stimulus. And I actually believe that this is at the heart of the why, of why we at Purple Patch have, have one of the richest histories at developing many of the strongest riders in the sport of triathlon. By the way, those riders also run really well off the bike. So I should tell you that executing low RPM or low cadence riding is a really different sensation. It's also a catalyst or a gateway for you to improve form and posture, to help develop muscular resilience, and also to establish a really worthy tool in your toolbox of riding when you're outside managing terrain and load. You're going to feel when you're doing this a really strange sensation as you're going to continually be pulled towards edging your cadence up, moving back towards the mean, where is the place that's most natural for you. And you're also going to feel really pretty awkward, the muscular load and the desire to lose the fluidity of your pedaling. On top of it all, you won't get the stimulus that often we associate with hard work. And that's the stress of cardiovascular and breathing. You're not going to get that. You do with really high cadence. You won't with this low cadence work. And so it's really common 
for less experienced riders to do all of this at low cadence, not have massive breathing or cardiovascular stress. But when you look at them, they're gripping the handlebars and holding tension in the upper body. But the goal here is to retain suppleness, to have minimal upper body movement, to maintain perfect posture. I don't ask for much, just everything. And below constant fluid tension on the chain. These artery workouts that we do over the course of the coming block, they lead us into the upcoming next block of work that should demand that you hit hard riding at incredibly low cadence. And I mean really low. I'm talking about 40, 45, 50 revolutions per minute, lower than you will ever normally ride outside. But I want you to be able to do this work without your kneecaps popping out. And so right now, we must prep the body to be ready to both do these upcoming intervals that are where the real gains come true, but also do it when you're able to hold really good power and you can retain good form and posture. So to get there, you have to be strong like bull. You really have to be strong like bull. And so by beginning now at a sub-maximal effort, we build the artery bikes around intervals of six minutes. And over the course of every three weeks, just like the swim workouts, we're going to ask you to hold lower and lower and lower cadence. And you execute this at just a moderately strong effort. And over the course of executing these, you want to maintain awareness of both your associated heart rate. You're going to get lots of education that you can see in this. And also, here we go again, how it feels or your perceived effort. And over the course of the weeks, what should happen is you'll start to build resilience and you'll also improve capacity. You actually see improvement, not just more and more and more power, but also a comfort at holding lower cadence, a lower associated perceived effort at a power and also a lower associated heart rate. And so these sessions can become your guiding light, but also some really fun motivation over the months. And finally, we come to the run. Now, the artery run is focused on developing a real balance between cardiovascular and muscular conditioning. And we want to develop resilience in both. Now, currently, many purple patch athletes are hitting what we call a run project. And we call it that because our pursuit is to build tissue resilience through a series of really frequent, short, and easy running. And we do this over several months. Do you remember I talked about the simmering slow burn of fitness gains? Well, these run arteries provide a wonderful checkpoint to come up and review those fitness gains over the course of the slow burn. And so in these sessions, what you're seeking to do is to balance pace, heart rate, and appropriate perceived effort through every one of the workouts. And these are really fun sessions because they're not so vigorous that you need to seek a bucket to relieve yourself at the end of completing each one. 
You see, success isn't about beating a PR or going faster and faster. Instead, it's about identifying gains at a highly sustainable pace. And so you're looking to run at what we label a zone three effort. That is moderately strong, or as we like to say, strong, but not breathless. It's about a six to seven out of 10 perceived effort. And you should execute these on light, variable or flatter terrain where you can be aware of both pace and heart rate in an interval. And you want to feel it. Now, when you execute these, you should be absolutely free to integrate walk breaks within and between each one of the artery intervals. Now, you can take these walk breaks if you require them to maintain form or manage stress. But what you don't want to do is integrate them just because you're forced to, because you're breathing so hard from an effort that is too hard for the purpose of the session. And so walk breaks are great, just keep them really consistent. So as you can tell, it's not scary, it's not daunting, it's a barometer of your progression. And in these particular sessions, I tend to see athletes really struggling with perceived effort. And they often get caught up trying to chase pace. Oh, last time I did it at nine minute miles, I've got to break nine or I'm a failure. No, don't go too hard. Moderate, manage, observe. Each one of the intervals in these artery workouts are at least 10 minutes. So there is absolutely no need to go chasing speed or glory. The joy and the gains of this come out of sustainability and an awareness for the parameters mentioned. Now, I would add that for each of these swim, bike, and run artery workouts that we talk about today, it's really important that you go into them and you are prepared for your best performance so that you have consistency of readiness. And so without going into the specifics for each discipline, I would say that you need at least 10 to 20 minutes of really progressive warm-up to prime the system for your best performance on that day. And so I'd encourage you not to skip the prep side of things. Keep the warm-up pretty consistent each time that you execute. And if you're a slow burner, if you're someone that requires a longer warm-up to feel good, do it. It's great. It's all about the intervals and the observations from those intervals. And so, ladies and gentlemen, those are the artery workouts. Now, if you ignored me at the top of the show and you've been feverishly scribbling away, writing down intervals for every single one, you didn't need to do that. I promised you we're going to give it to you, and we are. These artery sessions, I believe, are really, really helpful. They're absolutely embraced by a Purple Patch athletes. They really enjoy them. And so we decided that we wanted to share them with you. And we are going to give away the whole first quarter of these workouts, the ones that we're executing right now. You are to execute them about every three weeks. If you'd rather spread them out, every four weeks is okay. But we do it at a cadence of every three weeks. If you're a triathlete, and then you can do what our athletes do. And what we do is one artery session a week per discipline. And so in week one of a cycle, we implant the swim artery. In week two, we do the run artery. In week three, 
we do the bike artery and then we come back and in week four, we go back to the top again, the swim artery. So therefore in each discipline, we're hitting an artery workout in that discipline every three weeks or so. You might be listening and you're a single sport athlete, great. If you just run or you just ride, super. Just ignore the other two disciplines, only focus on your sport, but I would encourage you to retain that every three weeks cadence because you need enough time between to do a little bit of training, a little bit of recuperation and recovery, that magic pillar that we always talk about, and then boom, do it again. So these are not pass-fail, these are barometers and opportunities for perspective and observation. And so with that, folks, it's the call to action. It's a wonderful time to commence progressive training with purpose. So feel free, I want you to take these sessions and utilize them as a backbone to the start of your progress. Use them as your guide, your compass, and having nice checkpoints along the way. If your coach, bring them to the coach. They might adapt and adjust a little bit, but maybe it's a really nice thing to have. And if you're self-coached, of course, well, have at it. I hope that it helps. And before you know it, if you use these, they can act as a nice little bit of motivation, keep you on track, and before you know it, racing will emerge and you will be ready. So to receive your artery roadmap and the instructions on how to implement, head to purplepatchfitness.com forward slash artery sessions, and we will send it your way. Or, of course, the simple thing, head to the show notes. We've added the link. You go right there. And so, yes, folks, it is time to begin your prep for racing. And it's like this because this is how you build a massive season of performance. And to do so, your absolute highest opportunity comes in the critical and highly patient work in this phase that we are in right now, the prep phase of 2021. Oh, go on then, pre-season. A blend of post-season type work blending in with build type work at the end of the quarter. The purple patch affectionados will know what I'm talking about there. I cannot overstate the need for this work. It's not about charging towards fitness gains right now. It is about applying patience while getting very excited by building gradually and seeking many, many victories. And so join me and all of us at Purple Patch in creating the best individual and collective performance year of our lives. Thanks for listening, folks. Remember next week, Alex Hutchinson. Until then, enjoy and please stay safe. Cheers. Thanks so much for listening. This has been the Purple Patch Podcast. If you like what you hear, we'd really appreciate it if you share with your friends and even go the extra mile and head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate and review the show. The Apple Podcast link is in the show notes. Your support and positive reviews go a huge way in increasing our visibility and also the exposure to time-starved people everywhere who want to integrate sport into life and ultimately thrive. Don't forget, you can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Cheers!